folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week, we're going to discuss uh, Ubuntu at Pwn to Own this year. So, Pwn to Own was on again, and Ubuntu was one of the uh, candidates to be hacked. And yeah, we did get pwned a bit. So, let's uh, we'll talk about that a bit one later on. But uh, let's get on with the usual roundup of security fixes that have gone into the supported Ubuntu releases over the past week. There were actually 91 different CVEs that were addressed by the team this week. Uh, a lot of kernel updates are going to come up as well. I'll go over those ones pretty briefly. Uh, but yeah, as always, thanks to the kernel team for those. But first, we actually had an update for Git Python, and this was uh, for all of our supported releases. So all the way from 14.04 uh, expanded security maintenance, all the way through to uh, the current uh, interim release, Kinetic Kudu 22.10, and all of those in between. There was a single CVE here uh, that was uh, possible for someone to get remote code execution if you were to clone a malicious URL because uh, it uses git clone under the hood, obviously being a Python wrapper around git. Now, um, it passes that essentially to uh, git clone, so it doesn't do any validation there or anything. Uh, so the simple fix, for, well, the fix for this was actually reasonably straightforward in the end, but um, What's interesting about this is that it's used as a dependency for a heap of other tools that want to do Git-like things. So, you know, it's not obviously just this one Python module that is affected, but anything that uses it uh, could be. And one of them that I noticed actually was Bandit, which is a Python tool for doing security scanning of Python projects, looking for unsafe code and the like. And I kind of thought it was ironic that you could have a uh, security scanning tool that itself could be vulnerable to you know, such an issue. You could potentially get you know remote code execution through, say, a security scanning tool. But actually, in this case, Bandit, and it doesn't appear to be using uh, Git Python in that way at all. It doesn't actually do a Git clone or anything like that. It seems to just check that the local directory is perhaps a Git repo. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, you know not affected, thankfully, I think. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting and yeah, a bit ironic potentially. Uh, we had an update as well for Object Path, which is a Node.js module uh, for three different CVEs. All of these were prototype pollution vulnerabilities. Uh, it's a type of uh, kind of like code injection attack that is particular for things like JavaScript, uh, essentially where an attacker can add arbitrary properties to either global object or you know certain sorts of um, default objects, and then uh, user-defined or code-defined objects would then go and inherit those properties. And then depending on what the code logic is of the application, you you could then potentially control uh, the code you know to say a different follow a different path, or maybe if it goes and you know, evals something. Out of that object or something like that, you could actually get code execution as well. So it really depends on how it's used, but uh, they've all been fixed for object path. We also had an update for Apache for 604 uh, ESM. In this case, it was a request smuggling attack uh, if you're using mod proxy that's been fixed there. Uh, what else? Amanda was updated for all of the releases, again, going all the way back to 1404 uh, ESM. And in this case, Amanda has, is, or it's a popular backup utility. It has several different uh, set your ID root binaries as part of it, you know, to do the different things that it needs to do. Each of these, though, was able to be abused in a different way by an unprivileged user. Uh, so one of those, you could uh, call it and it would essentially give you a different output. Um, you, you pass the directory path to it and it would give it a different output or not, depending on if that path existed or not. So you could use it to test for uh, directories that were maybe owned and only readable by root that you as an unprivileged user can't even see. So you could see if they actually exist on the file system. So a bit of a low priority one there. But uh, the other other two were able to be used to possibly get code execution, so they have been fixed. Um, unfortunately, the initial update for that did cause a regression, uh, but those fixes for that regression have also gone out now as well. So Amanda is yeah, a bit safer now. Uh, what else? Uh, we had an update for uh, 
gift to APNG uh, for uh, six, uh, 14, what was that for? Yeah, 1604 ESM, 1804 and 24 LTS for three different vulnerabilities. Graphviz, uh, the popular kind of command line based um, graphing utility, uh, was updated for uh, three different vulnerabilities as well. Again, uh, this is 1404 ESM and 1804 and 24LTS respectively. Two of these were possible null pointer dereferences. One, an actual buffer overflow that could lead to therefore denial of service or remote code execution. Um, Graphviz is often used potentially to parse untrusted inputs. So, you know, that one's a little bit uh, more serious. Ooh, we had updates for Firefox as well. So Firefox was updated to the latest uh, upstream point release, 111.0.1 for 1804 and 2004 LTS, because uh, there was a couple regressions there. And actually looking at those, it looked like they only affected macOS and Windows. So yeah, maybe we didn't need to publish that one. But anyway, you know, that's out there now. What else? Um, Thunderbird was updated, uh, six CVEs there uh, for Thunderbird in 1804, 2004, 2204, and 2210. Uh, what's that? That's the latest upstream release, 102.9.0 fixing a bunch of vulnerabilities. Uh, URL parse, it's a Node.js module for parsing URLs that was updated. Um, and actually, I thought it was interesting that evenly such a simple task as parsing URLs, you know, could result in various vulnerabilities, but it's really actually as to how this gets integrated into your overall uh, application or, you know, potentially kind of, you know, web serving thing if you're, um, yeah, running on server side, that kind of thing. Um, although actually this module is not just designed for uh, running, you know, on say Node.js as a, a server side application. It's also, you can use it within say, uh, you know, your browser. So you can use it, you know, on a website and that kind of thing for parsing URLs. And the kind of impacts of the vulnerabilities here were things like denial of service, um, possible server side request forgery, uh, an open redirect, and even uh, the ability to bypass various other authorization checks as well, all due to essentially a lack of good sanitizing through that library. It's interesting, I see that the upstream project actually now recommends to use the URL interface from Node.js and within all the popular browsers nowadays, uh, rather than trying to use their own project uh, for, I quote, better security and accuracy. So yeah, if you are using uh, your URL parse within your Node.js application, probably better off actually just using uh, the URL interface within uh, the Node.js engine itself. Uh, what else? We had an update for uh, Graphics Magic for uh, 1404 ESM, 1604 ESM, 1804 and 2004 LTS respectively. Uh, seven different CVEs were rolled into that for a heap of different issues. Um, Git was updated for 1604 ESM. I actually talked about that back in episode 181 for a single vulnerability there. And that brings me, I guess, to the last section of things in security updates, which is kernel updates. So the kernel team has had a huge week. They've published a heap of different kernel updates, including even a live patch as well. Um, so we had kernel updates for kernel in uh, Kinetic, so 22.10, the current interim release, as well as what, 16.04 ESM, uh, 20.204 uh, LTS and 20.04 LTS, uh, and uh, all our other releases really too, uh, 20.04 LTS, and well as 16.04 ESM. Um, I think the uh, live patch is certainly the most interesting of these. It contains two different high priority vulnerabilities that we previously fixed for some of our other kernels, but is now available, as I say, in a live patch. Uh, live patch is available for all of our LTS releases and uh, 1604 ESM. So that means you can get uh, certain high uh, priority kernel uh, security fixes without even having to reboot. Uh, there is uh, the live patch client, so you can run canonical live patch status to see what your current status is and what the current live patch version is that's running against your current kernel. Uh, I've also got a table in the show notes that shows uh, which live patch version you need to have to be able to effectively have remediated these vulnerabilities. So yeah, you can check that out as well. And yeah, that's about it for the week in uh, security updates. 
Okay, so the other things I wanted to talk about this week in particular was uh, Ubuntu's appearance at Pwn2Own 2023. Uh, we've talked about Pwn2Own to Own in previous years and it's always, uh, I guess, an interesting and exciting time for Ubuntu and for our team from a security point of view. Uh, Pwn2Own, to Own, if you're not familiar, is part of the CanSec West Security Conference that's run in Vancouver, Canada. Um, it originally started as kind of an informal event. It was just sort of like tacked onto that at one point. Uh, so I think someone came along with uh, a laptop and said hey if anyone can hack this they can have it um, but now it's turned into a fully fledged event run by Trends Zero Day Initiative it's attended by many of the best offensive security research teams around the world and they essentially compete to hack various known targets under various different categories um, it's run over three days you know, as I say there are different targets there so things like Windows or Mac OS or Ubuntu all of these in say local uh, user privilege escalation type category uh, you can even hack a Tesla and other things as well but hey, being the Ubuntu Security Podcast, what I'm here to talk about is Ubuntu. So yeah, Ubuntu Desktop was the target that was listed there this year. And as I say, this was in the local user uh, elevation of privilege category. So essentially what uh, you're looking at there is you're given access to an Ubuntu Desktop machine as a local unprivileged user. And you can then you know, do whatever you want. You bring along your predefined exploit or whatever. You get um, three attempts each at 10 minutes long to run your exploit and then prove essentially that you've got root at the end of that or not. Uh, in particular, it's targeting uh, the current uh, or latest interim release of Ubuntu 22.10, so the most recent one. Uh, from our side, uh, we have four engineers that were involved with this. So Steve Beatty, John Johansson, and Georgia Garcia, all from the Ubuntu security team, as well as uh, Tadu Cascado from uh, the Ubuntu kernel team. They were all on call essentially uh, to get um, sort of pulled into these different uh, Microsoft Teams meets, I believe they were, uh, to then be shown the exploit as well as the various uh, research that the uh, security researchers had done. Uh, they would then use that, and I think they had only half an hour to identify uh, was this already known or not as a vulnerability and to assess the uh, the impact of it and that kind of thing as well. Uh, so yeah, great work uh, from uh, the other four of them uh, representing Ubuntu and uh, the Ubuntu security team in particular. Uh, I know it's a really kind of uh, hectic and a bit of a stressful job, but I think it's uh, sounds like it's really fun unfortunately it happens you know well in the wee hours of the morning for me so i can't attend but i would love to try to uh you know at a future time but anyway um looking more at actually what happened so as i said uh point to own is run over three different days uh the first day saw two different attempts against ubuntu uh the first one unfortunately was unsuccessful so essentially the researchers were not able to get their exploit to work within uh, the allotted 10 minutes uh, on either of their three tries um but uh, the, the other attempt was successful. However, uh, the team was able to identify that that was already previously known. Obviously, it was unpatched because you know, they were able to exploit it, but they were already aware of that vulnerability. On uh, the second day of Pwn2Own, there was another successful attempt uh, described as an incorrect pointer scaling issue. And on day three, we saw three successful attempts as well. Uh, again, one of these was already previously known, but the other two were not. Uh, one was uh, described as a double free and the other one described as a use after free. So in total then, we had six attempts at Ubuntu Desktop. Five of them were successful. Uh, the other one was, as I say, not able to get their exploit working in the allocated time. Um, details surrounding all of these vulnerabilities are embargoed for the moment, uh, but they will become available in the future. 
only minor details have been released so far. As I say, you know, we really have the, only these few words to describe them at this point. I in, incorrect pointer scaling, double free, and use after free. But I think what is interesting to me is all of those sound like uh, you know memory management, memory corruption type issues within uh, C as a programming language. Uh, you know, the memory unsafety of C comes back to bite us again and again and again. Uh, so that's you know you know kind of interesting. Uh, as I said, it's not just Ubuntu that is a target at uh, Point to Own. It's also uh, Windows and macOS. Uh, it was interesting to see actually macOS was only targeted once, but was you know successfully targeted in that. And Windows 11 was targeted twice, and again both successful. Um, yet for Ubuntu, we had six attempts against us. So you know Ubuntu is obviously very popular at the moment uh, compared to last year. You know there were six attempts against Windows 11 and only four against Ubuntu. So certainly between last year and this year, Ubuntu has become a lot more of a popular target. I'm not sure if that's because uh, maybe you know maybe, are we getting easier to hack or are we uh, you know just becoming you know more prevalent within uh, you know hacker and uh, security circles. Um, as I say, maybe more people are looking at Ubuntu nowadays compared to Windows. Uh, does I wonder, does the open source nature of Linux itself make it a bit easier to hack where you, know, you can just go and read, say, the kernel source code. You, know, you can look at new commits and things and try to identify, oh, that looks like you know, they've messed up some pointer arithmetic there or whatever it might be and you know, develop an exploit, that kind of thing. Whereas obviously something like Windows, you don't have the source code available. You can't easily just go and kind of look for potential vulnerabilities in the source itself. Um, I also think that the pace of development for the upstream kernel is quite fast nowadays. There are lots of new subsystems getting merged, lots of new kind of features getting added. And then, you know, things like, say, IOU Ring is a huge new, uh, you know, sub subsystem that does a lot of new things and is slowly growing in its capabilities, uh, as well as, say, something like unprivileged user namespaces then end up making various different new kind of attack services available to unprivileged users. So, yeah, I wonder, you know, is it you know, maybe not a great combination, but, you know, it really does then underscore efforts like what our team is trying to look at at the moment, which is trying to restrict the use of unprivileged user namespaces uh, going forward. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, how that all comes out. And particularly, I suppose, once more details of the vulnerabilities are you know, made public, we can certainly look more into some of that, you know, are there sort of common themes there or not and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so once once that is available, certainly I'll be, you know, discussing that on future podcasts. But I do want to thank Steve, um, JJ, George and Tadu for all of their work on that and representing Ubuntu so well. I've got a link in the show notes to uh, three days full results from uh, you know, Trends uh, ZDI, so you can go check those out. And so the other thing I wanted to uh, bring this week was a recording of the presentation that I did at Everything Open uh, a couple of weeks ago now back in Melbourne. So yeah, Everything Open is now the, I guess, successor to LinuxConf AU. I talked about this a few weeks ago, but what I've done is I've sat down and recorded that presentation myself because unfortunately mine wasn't recorded on the day. So yeah, I've got a link to that in the show notes. Make sure you check that out if you're interested to find out more about, uh, I guess, how we do security in Ubuntu, all the different things that go into that, and I suppose what security means to different people as well as some tips for how you can improve the security of your own open source project as well okay and that brings us to the end of this week's episode uh as i said i'll bring you part two of that presentation next week but until then if you want to get in contact with the team you can email us security.ubuntu.com or you can come and find us in the ubuntu-security channel on libera.chat the irc network or you can catch us on mastodon we are at ubuntu security at fosterdon.org Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again uh, for another week. I'll be back again with you all next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back. And hey, I'll speak to you soon. All right, bye.